It's a film with three brains. 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 Isn't this fun? Lovely stroll on the moors. Did you hear that? I heard that. What is it? You think it's a dog? Nice doggy. Good boy. What happened to them? Well, the police report said they were attacked by an escaped lunatic. A wolf. My friend Jack was just here. Told me that I will become a monster in two days. Your dead friend, Jack. Yes. You gotta believe me, David. Believe what? You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. Tomorrow night's the full moon. You're gonna change. What? You'll become. I know. I know. A monster. Naked American man stole my balloon. What? What did I do last night? You don't remember? The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. It's you, David. All right, welcome to the film with three brains. It's Sam in San Francisco. And I am Sean in Chicago. And this is Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. All right. And today we are reviewing classic American Werewolf in London, 1981 film by John Landis. Uh, before we give any synopsis, have any of you guys seen this in the last 10 years? Nope. Mm. I haven't, I haven't mm. seen it in a very long time. I don't think I saw it since the 80s. I don't remember it. Yeah. Hardly at all. I was just trying to figure out if it's in the last 10 years, but I've only seen it twice. And I didn't, even though it hasn't been that long, I didn't remember a lot of bits. Well, that was good. You like it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling. No. Uh, yeah, I did. I did like it. Actually, I liked it more the second time. The first time, I think. I was like, oh, everyone says this is great. It's like the best werewolf movie ever. And so I, when I watched it, I was, I, was waiting, I was expecting more, I guess. And this time I was able to appreciate the humor and the, and the, the, you know, the buildup. Because the buildup is like the entire movie almost. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this time I appreciated that. The first time I was like, oh, is this ever going in? Is he ever going to be a werewolf or what's going on? But yes, yeah, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yes. So before we let you get into that too much, um, just a brief synopsis. Uh, Two college kids are, it looks like they're hitchhiking and walking through northern Britain. And uh, and then one night uh, they're attacked by a werewolf that the the locals didn't tell them about but uh, show up to kill. Um, But the one dies and the other becomes, quote unquote, infected. and then through perfect coincidence, he wakes up about three weeks later, so pretty close to the next full moon. Um, I liked how they did that with the, they're like, you were asleep for three weeks. Uh, it's almost a full moon. <laughs> um, anyway, and then he's got to deal with uh, turning into a werewolf and his, the ghost of his dead friend who is stuck undead uh, is trying to convince him that he needs to kill himself because everyone that he kills will be stuck undead until his bloodline is severed. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, there's, oh, yes, the nurse he f- who falls in love with him and the doctor who's <laughs> trying to figure it all out. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to say that I guess the thing, you know, being in the medical field that struck me is that, yeah, the, it's really common that, that the nurses just fall in love with their patients and bring them home. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we're, real, we're, I think it's a real problem, right? Yeah. Well, it's not a yeah. problem. It's, it's continuity of care. I mean, mm. if you, you're, you're, you know, you're just sick enough to leave, you know, well enough to leave the hospital, but you're not, you know, really back on your feet. So it's like perfect to just have every patient go home with their nurse. 
So I'm pretty Just like sure. Kelly, Kelly LeBrock in Out for Justice. Yes. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. like that. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that was hard to kill. Oh, what? Yeah. I don't think it was. Oh, you what? You're going to argue with me? <laughs> oh, wait. We did, did, we did we Out watch for Justice. Justice. She You're was right. Hard to kill. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> How dare I challenge How you? How dare you Steven Seagal my knowledge. knowledge of bad action movies, you fool. Oh, especially Steven Seagal. <laughs> Yeah, well, we saw How to Kill in the theater, so I, I should have remembered that. Well, of course. <laughs> That's the only one I've seen in the theater. I've seen all of his movies maybe, in the theater maybe up until siege. a certain point. <laughs> uh, okay, where were we? Werewolves. Werewolves. Yeah. Yeah, what, what you said about the um, the medical stuff. Or actually, no, the, before when you were doing the synopsis, you were talking about the undead stuff. That's the stuff I forgot. And that's really, I thought that was really effective and fun. <laughs> Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the concept of the people that are killed by the werewolf are not, are basically ghosts and are not released until the, the bloodline is severed. Because I feel like other people do the bloodline thing, but they don't really, but that was like a twist. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's a twist, but yeah, it, it seemed interesting to me. Well, it's different. It's different because otherwise, like, you know, newly created werewolves are, will be set free if you kill the 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 you know like Lost Boys kill the original or whatever. Mm-hmm. This was definitely different. I like so I have mixed feelings about this. Mm. I didn't really care for it much watching it. Interesting. Like I I, I I it was fine. Like it wasn't terrible. I didn't love it. It was okay. But the best thing about it was everything you were just talking about with Griffin Dunn, the undead. Like that's an interesting little twist. It's nice. They don't dick around with silver bullets and all that horse shit, which I, I appreciate, too. I like that. Mm-hmm. The problem is that while this is, I feel like this is a very streamlined version of a, of a, a werewolf movie, I feel like it was too streamlined. Yep. You know, like, there's just not, there's nothing going on. It's just over. It's, it's just like, he's in London for about 30 seconds, and then it's done. You know, it's almost, I mean, I, 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 I hate to compare it to... Uh, Friday 13th part 8 Jason takes Manhattan <laughs> but believe it or not similar issue <laughs> you know uh, it's just there. I felt like there was very little my favorite parts are all with Griffin Dunn and I just kept thinking why wasn't Griffin Dunn the lead in this because the mm. guy David Naughton I just I don't like him that's, that's, that's part of the problem I don't think he's a very good actor I don't find him very compelling at all uh, I find him yeah, pretty he just forgettable. Sits and smiled the whole time. He, he's very one note. Uh, and my biggest gripe in the whole movie is his phone call with his little sister. Yeah. His fucking <laughs> performance is so flat. I'm just like, ugh, this is lame. That it, Like, the way it's written is fine, you know? But a good actor could have made that scene so compelling and so emotional and interesting. And he's just not, you know? And that's just a small part of the whole thing. Like, it just didn't believe anything he said. Any, any, you know, like it's hard to get absorbed into the story when the, when the actor is just not very compelling for me anyway. But I really like Griffin Dunn. I thought he was so great and all the scenes with him and that whole conceit, you know, I found it amusing and, and it was my favorite parts of it. Yeah. Griffin Dunn was good. I wonder if they, they cast, like they were both up for both roles and they maybe just cho- chose David Nutton because he, his, Physique is better to transform to werewolf. From what from what I read, neither of them really auditioned. They just sort of right. like had a had like a like a meeting with John Landis, huh. and uh, Griffin Dunn had never done anything. I don't think, and David Naughton hadn't done much. He's in double well, up, by the way. Yeah. Um, um, did you see that John Landis liked him in the Dr Pepper commercial? Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I guess John Landis also like worked on Dr Pepper commercials before that or something. So they had like this shared weird connection, and that and apparently that's why he cast him. <laughs> like that. Like the, the the anecdotes you read online are basically allude to that. They just hit it off, you know. And 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 Griffin Dunn and apparently David Naughton had really good chemistry, like natural chemistry, which I can kind of, you can kind of see in the movie. They do have pretty good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I feel like Griffin Dunn is a much better actor. So, you know, these things and, and like by John Landis's own admission, he couldn't really show much of the werewolf similar to Jaws, like the shark didn't work. So he couldn't show it. 
and uh, you know the effects were too complicated, so they couldn't show a lot of the Orwell. And while Jaws worked really well, be, because Steven Spielberg is just such a, a master of the craft, John Landis is not Steven Spielberg. You know, mm-hmm. he's not he's not bad, <laughs> but his bread and butter is comedy. He's made some really great comedies, you know, and this. And I just feel like he he didn't he didn't make it work as well as he could have. I suppose I don't know. Like people. People laud this as, as a great thing. You can't, you know, you got to use your imagination. You only see bits and pieces. It's terrifying. I'm like, I don't know. I found it a little boring. Flashes of the eyes get old after a minute. You know, you're just like, okay, I get it. And the, the roaring, the quick cuts and the roaring and the eyes. It's like, all right, I get it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what it's more about the, it's just not terrifying. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's like, you can still yeah. do, I mean, people don't, but you... There are plenty of movies that are that do have that subtlety. You know, mm-hmm. A lot of good horror is done along the suspense, not yeah. the actual scene. Right. And so, yeah, he. I mean, he he did what he is like. Okay, you know, the, this this monster is going to get two minutes on film, mm-hmm. and it's and it's going to be in a dark alley in a, in a dark movie theater, and that's it. Right. So he, you know, he was covering it up, which is fine. You can do that, but it, give us. I think your your first point is more valid is like give us more like you you yeah. spent an hour and 30 minutes building up that this guy turns into a werewolf and then you spent the next 6 minutes killing him. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. But I will I will say that the transformation I I love the transformation. Oh yeah. It's it's long and it's slow and it's very detailed and like if you read interviews with John Landis his his whole point was he he wanted it bright. He wanted it brightly lit. And he wanted the audience to see very specific things. Everything you see, he wanted it for a specific reason, this, that, and the other thing. And he wanted it to be painful and slow and terrible for the, for for him, for the guy uh, transforming. Oh. And that's something you don't always see either is like how grotesquely painful it would have to be to have your body transform like that mm-hmm. in a couple – in a minute or two. Like it just it, – it must be excruciating. And I feel like that kind of comes across in an interesting way you don't often see in, in werewolf movies. And I thought it was really well done. Like, the effects are fantastic. You know, they're yeah. a little hokey here and there, a little dated, a little tiny bit. But the fact that it holds up at all, I think, is pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. He won 19... the first Academy Award right. for... Makeup. Makeup, yeah. yeah. And I assume the, they made the category just because of... How good it was? Well, I, I don't, I don't, I was, I was looking into that, and I couldn't, I couldn't tell, I couldn't find a de- definitive answer if it was just, it just so happened that they had created that category that year, and so he won, or if they created it because of it. But I think they would have had to have created it before the movie came out. Yeah, I think so. Right. Too. So I, I, I don't think they created it because of it. I think it was just like synchronicity that that mm. was made the year they created that category. I'm guessing. I don't know for sure. But um, I will say that I really like the final sort of last 10 minutes. Yeah, I the wish, chaos. <laughs> yeah, the chaos in London. I thought that was fantastic. And I really like that half of the, half of the mayhem and, the, and like the gore and the, and the death isn't really because of the werewolf exactly. Right. It's just because oh, of the yeah. chaos it creates. Yeah. You know, like people being thrown through windows and shit and being crushed by cars and run over. And like, it just, like, it all just worked really well. Uh, I thought it was great. I liked it much better than his original killing spree where he killed like six people across the city where you don't see anything except the guy being stalked in the subway station, which to me just felt um, like, uh, what's the word? Not cheap, but like little low rent it's like oh the camera's following the guy that's that's what we get you know right. <laughs> and how did he end up in the tube station i mean did he crawl down into it or did he you know like it's, it's so right. weird that he was down there yeah i don't, I don't like that scene either the, yeah. they said that the one of the scene cut scenes is the three homeless guys yeah yeah because uh the test audience didn't didn't react well to that yeah so i'd be, I'd be curious to see if those deaths were good or scarier because yeah they just yeah. completely cut it Actually, hurt the movie because if those were a good scene, that means they probably actually showed the monster, and yeah. having more scenes like getting an idea of the monster and what it exactly it does and all that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't feel he doesn't understand the stakes as David Naughton doesn't because when he wakes up, he doesn't remember what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
we don't fully get it either because we didn't get to see anything happen except for the couple, you know, some blood. Like we didn't, like, yeah, it's they they had a lot more. I don't know if you call it the fun and games part of the movie, but it kind of is. Like, there's a lot more to happen once once you transform. It didn't just didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. In my memory, I he transformed like there's the big transformation, and then that's like the rest. That's the end of the movie. I didn't remember that there was two successive nights of right. full moons. Yeah, which is better. I mean, I, it makes more sense that he kind of we could you know we sort of have a taste of what's to come and then fight it and then you know mm-hmm. um but yeah no, nothing is as good as the very end i mean the the very very end is is too probably too quick because of the the love story that's that's jammed in there you know she um goes past the police line mm-hmm. goes all the way to him and then says that she loves him. He had he had said earlier that he loves her and then she's she's distraught. She wants to help and and then somehow these crack shots <laughs> with the rifle <laughs> Yeah, that from was crazy. A hundred yards away. I mean yeah. Yeah. And she's in the way and it's like she's, a narrow alley. So it's not like they're fanned out you know, to have like a a, a, a clear line of sight. You know? Yeah. It's weird. It's just a weird yeah. setup. Yeah. I don't mind that it ends ends right there. I mean, it's not. I don't mind that he he dies and you know, right. And then we go back to the the blue moon, the happy doo wop music and stuff. And I like I like that, but I I just yeah I don't know how um, how else it could have gone. I strangely I think I agree with um, like Roger Ebert because I never agree with Roger Ebert, but um, he only gave it two stars and he said it was. He said it seems curiously unfinished, as if yeah. Landis spent all his energy on spectacular set pieces and then didn't want to bother with things like transitions, <laughs> char- character development, or an ending. Yeah. So I have to say he's pretty pretty close to the mark there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I keep wondering I, as I was watching it, it's particularly particularly this the the sort of that first killing spree where he kills like six people and we never really see the wolf. I kept imagining how Sam Raimi would have shot those scenes, mm. you know, in his heyday and his evil dead Two heyday. Cause he was really great at, you know, m- really maximizing his like filmmaker dollar, mm. you know, making the most of, of whatever limitations you have. So if he is making a werewolf movie about a werewolf, he's, he can't really show. I'm, I'm just sort of fascinated with how he would have handled that. Cause he's so good at that sort of thing. But I guess we'll never know. I think it's interesting that Michael Jackson loved this movie so much that he insisted on hiring basically everybody involved to make Thriller, <laughs> including John Landis, his it DP, worked, Rick Baker, the costume designer. Everybody. It totally worked, yeah. The, the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, didn't and it? I think it works better in the mu- music video than it does in the movie. <laughs> I, like I, I feel like yeah. I, I enjoy Thriller. <laughs> better than American Werewolf. Everyone did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this this movie feels like a, an extended version of a um, Tales for the Crypt episode. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And they extended it in the wrong spots. Yeah. So that's yeah. You know, I've I've read some debate online about is it too funny to be a horror movie? Is it too scary to be a comedy? I disagree with both. Yeah. yeah, but I will say that John Landis has made some really great comedy films. He, you know, Animal House, Blues Brothers, Training Places, Coming to America. I mean, I love Three Amigos. I don't know if anyone else does. Um, <laughs> I, I do. Guilty pleasure. Okay, good. <laughs> and Kentucky Fried Movie and like Spies Like Us has its moments, I suppose. But this is really the only like quote unquote horror movie. I mean, he did. Oh, he did Innocent Blood, but that wasn't good. That was like a vampire <laughs> movie. Oh, that wasn't very good. And but then they like hire him to make a Masters of Horror episode. It's like you did one, two ish horror movies. Yeah, I think you've said this before that you were you felt like he was shoehorned into the horror category because he did one good horror movie. Right. Yes. Versus like I guess I guess not a John Carpenter kind of right, right, or Wes Craven or you know whoever other horror directors. I don't know. 
I just I, I feel like he's better at comedy than he is at horror. Like the scenes with Griffin Dunn, like really for me, that's when this movie comes alive. You know, like that's yeah. when it's it's <laughs> it's got things going on, and I'm like I'm interested and I'm enjoying yeah. it. And then when when that isn't happening, everything kind of just slows down and becomes a little cumbersome. I remember looking forward to seeing how much he had decomposed in the next scene. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he's green now. Okay, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they also cut out a part where he eats that piece of toast and it falls through a hole yeah. in his neck. Yeah. yeah. Which is bad. a shame, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Part of it's just the timing, because if the movie were made now, they wouldn't cut any of that stuff out. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. 15 years ago, Griffin Dunst said his fear was his mother who was ill at the time, would not be able to handle seeing a, f- a film where he was a mutilated corpse. And it said when she finally saw it, she was deeply disturbed by it. <laughs> <laughs> so he was spot on. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I guess David Don said he, he, he watched it with his parents. Yeah. And he prepared them, like explained to them what it was and, and like for them to brace themselves. And he said still they were like so disturbed by it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's David. Running around the zoo, new. Yeah, okay, yeah. he's naked for long stretches, and there he is dismembering people. Great, great. great. There, there were some amusing little little stories about the zoo. Um, hmm. Like the first, did you? I don't know if you guys read about it, but a apparently bit, yeah. it took a lot longer than expected to film the zoo scenes. So even though he's running around naked, the zoo had opened, and he had, at one point I was like, "Where did all these extra?" extras come from and they're like um the zoo's open <laughs> so they're still filming the other thing is that they you know he was really in with the wolves and and you know they're shooting at 9 a.m in the morning and he's and they're and the zookeeper's like well we just fed the wolves so you know they'll probably stay away from you just no no sudden moves so that was it they weren't like they weren't like trained wolves or anything like that he's just, he was literally in the wolf cage but, which I just don't see that happening now. Yeah, I probably shouldn't <laughs> for multiple reasons. <laughs> the safety of the actors and the animals, etc. Yeah, that's I mean that's that should be I mean that was that's fun. I don't know about the balloon scene cuz it's you know, it was all right. <laughs> I like you know cuz it it leads to the you know, him going to his his mummy and saying a naked American man stole my balloons. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, that's funny. That's a good setup. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you you can't be too. You can be a horror comedy. I mean, this that's this is uh, sure, of course. And maybe in those days it was pretty unique, but um, you know, Edgar Wright made his career on that sort of. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. And I don't think it's, I think what you're saying about it not being scary enough is, is you know, well, you've just, you've already said it. He's better, he's better at comedies. Um, there's, you know, mistakes that he could have, things he could have done differently. But I mean, if he had succeeded at the horror part, I mean, it wouldn't make, you still have all the build up and all the comedy and all that other stuff, you know? Yeah. It, it, like, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is like, it held up for quite a while. Yeah. You know, sure. and, and it kind of falls, falls down a couple times, but it finishes strong. I don't know this. I just, I give it credit for, for, I mean, there isn't, uh, I can't think of a lot of movies like this. And now, what, now or that. Uh, in what regard? Like a horror it, comedy? That, that with this, I guess the sensibility of it. I don't know. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm flailing well, for thoughts here. I think one of the things that's, and it's obviously, we're much older, we've seen a lot more movies since this first came out, but (laughs) one of the things we generally love, like we being everybody, not just the two of you, is, (laughs) is when you first become the monster or the superhero. Like, a lot of things do that well. When Superman first, or Spider-Man, or any, anyone, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of the movies that are the best are the ones where they first discover their power and it's it happens early enough in the movie like usually like a third of the way through or half the way through so you can have fun with whatever that is yeah and so this spends a lot of time just kind of milling around and doing a little bit of comedy here and there and without without um 
done coming back in the scene, you kind of forget it's a horror movie. You know, you need a scary yeah. dead guy to show up as a, as a thing. So it's not the same as, you know, because this, this movie makes everybody's list of best horror comedies, mm-hmm. you know. But then you think about the other horror comedies, which we've actually done a couple of them, like yeah. They Live and Dead Alive. Tremors. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and you... Um, sure. This Evil Dead 2, end. Army of Darkness, For, sure. Gremlins, you know. Yeah. They're, they, they all follow the other way. Like, they're all, they're all going at it pretty early as far as, like, mm-hmm. the mixing the two together. And, yeah, this, this, one, this one was, like... I think he was just too much into, too used to making comedies, you know? Yeah. And not, like you said, he doesn't, doesn't make other horror movies, and he didn't have someone else being like, hey, don't forget the horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that whole transformation scene, it's interesting that <clears throat> John Landis admits that it was too long. Oh, yeah? Um, somewhere, in, let's see. I like that. I, I like that about it. I actually. do. I do. I like oh, it it's great. too. And I it's think so well done. Yeah, it's and I think Rick Baker was, he's the makeup guy, right? Yeah. Um, he was disappointed initially because he'd worked so hard on it, and it and like <laughs> there's a section of like seven seconds or something that that you know he he worked for months on, mm-hmm. but when but when he heard the audience reaction to it people actually applauding that scene or something, you know, it's, he was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's all worth it. then." <laughs> but I guess it's just bits of it. Like the, the first, the, the first hand thing, I think, you know, the hand extending and then yeah. he's only got one big hand and one small hand. I was like, wait a minute. Where's, why is, why wouldn't his other hand go at the same time? You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's still, it's still pretty cool. And if you trim that and I mean, you didn't, trim i mean you they didn't trim the fat from a lot of things but yeah you know you don't want to trim that the best you know the things that stand out about the movie that the transformation the finale the big chaos at the end you don't want to trim those the stuff that make right. it what it is mm-hmm. especially since those are the horror elements of it but maybe he could have trimmed some fat early on or i don't know they could have explained why they were even backpacking through there. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't, right? No no mention really. Going. I don't There's think there's no idea of where they were though. going. I mean, it doesn't really, but then they go into the most inhospitable pub in England and then <laughs> you know, get this weird reception and they're like, "Huh, well, all right. We're off. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're going to walk in the rain." Okay. I mean, I guess they obviously didn't feel welcome there, so that that doesn't there's not a problem with that. It's just that where were they going originally? Like where yeah. where were they? They got dropped off in the middle of nowhere. It's like all right, go that way, stay stay on the road, stay away from the moors. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys read about any of the the like the sort of the the bad blood a little bit between Rick Baker and John Landis because of the howling? No, I missed that one. So, Rick, Joe Dante directed The Howling, uh, same year as this, but came out before it. And who, uh, for our listeners, Joe Dante also <laughs> directed Gremlins. Yes. Um, among other films. But anyway, uh, so like, originally Rick Baker wasn't going to do American Werewolf in London, even though he had like verbally agreed to it. Because he was working on the howling with Joe Dante, and he created all these designs and stuff for the for the werewolves of that, and then finally, John Landis like convinced him to you know come do American Werewolf in London. And he uh, uh, what's his name Rob Botkin or something? I forgot his name. Bob Rob Botkin. Eh, his like Rick Baker's protege mm. took over for the howling, and then you know John Landis never really forgave him for that for almost not doing an American Werewolf in London. And then some of those designs were like, just like the howling and they had to adjust and blah, blah, blah. Um, my, my memory of the howling is, is not great. I don't remember it well at all, but I, in my memory, it's far scarier than American Werewolf in London. But, um, uh, it's been it so long since I have seen it. Jack Nicholson. No, no, no. You're thinking of, uh, oh, I'm thinking Wolf. of 
Wolf. That's much yeah. later. Yeah, much later. No, I haven't seen that one. Howling's good, I think. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe As I recall, no. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Let's see. I mean, that. Was, I mean, the eighties definitely was sort of the heyday of of werewolf movies. There yeah, was a lot also, of them. There was a lot a, of them. What's this Wolfen one? Oh yeah, Wolfen. That's one too. Right. I don't know if I've seen the Wolfen. There were James Almost, Albert Finney, Gregory Hines. I should. Yeah, it's got a good heard, cast. Heard of this one. Yeah. Never heard of it. I mean, no, not as much. I've heard of the Howling more than I've heard of Wolfen. Yeah. But not just those and like Teen Wolf and, and <laughs> you know, Lost Boys and oh wait, that's vampires. Sorry. Uh, Silver Bullet. Yeah, Corey, Silver Corey Bullet. Haim stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah. Have you watched Can that one recently? <laughs> which one? Silver Bullet. No, it's been a while. Yeah. I remember it pretty well, though. I've seen it a few times. I always liked that one a lot. I, I don't know if the pacing would hold up. No? I mean, I, I saw part of it. Amy was watching it like a year ago, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this one. This is fun. And Slow? It's a bit slow. It's a bit yeah. slow. Yeah. I mean, not... Not any slower. Well, the, than I mean, the thing about, the thing I like about Silver Bullet, and here, here, here's one of my gripes about American Werewolf in London too. It's like we don't, they don't show the the werewolf hardly at all, and so in, as a viewer, you're kind of, I, I take that to sort of mean it's whether it's intended or not. You start to wonder. You start, you think of it as more like a mystery, right? Hmm. Like when you don't see the thing attacking people, you start to wonder what is it. But it's in the fucking title, so. It, it becomes a little muddy. Whereas like silver bullet, again, it's in the title, but there is a mystery involved in while Corey Haim knows there's a werewolf or thinks there is, it's it's who's the werewolf becomes the crux of that movie. Right. And that's the fun of it. The red herrings and all of that. Like who is the werewolf? We all know it's a werewolf, but who is it? And American werewolf London doesn't have anything like that going for it. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> it all. also, it also doesn't have a victim like, Corey Haim, or, or not a victim, but a potential victim that we can worry about. Right. Like if, if they had done something with the love story where, she, you know, she he's worried about waking up and slashing her to bits, or like there's like a, a near miss of that. Yeah. Then at least we could fear for her life, you know. Right. We don't really yeah. care about these homeless people and random people on the on the tube because we yeah. don't know them. That's a good point. We don't have anyone to root for, really, because we know he's a werewolf, so. Yeah. We gotta be scared for someone. Yeah. Good damn point. <laughs> yes. Yeah, finally got one. <laughs> Just keep banging away until I hit one. <laughs> yeah. The like monkey only, and a typewriter. It's only right. uh, only took 133 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not well, true. I'm good for a while then. <laughs> I like the uh, the little factoid that you know the the I I don't know if you guys were. It, it kind of kind of affects the way I watch movies, knowing that we're going to review it. But as we're as they're like running through the subway, you know, the guy's trying to get away, and it's I'm looking at every single poster to <laughs> be like, oh, what are they referencing? You yeah. know, what what little, what thing will I remember? And did you? One of them was uh, uh, the re-release of of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. And so the. Um, the uh online uh, you know reading about the movie it just says you know that it acknowledges that he purpose that john landis purposely put that poster there and it says john landis at the time was friends with steven spielberg (laughs) (laughs) and i know you love that at the time because (laughs) of uh anthony jesselnick um yeah but also i was like well wait why did are they not friends and do you know? Well, I would assume it's because of Twilight Zone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the movie. For the people who didn't remember what happened. Uh, no. I guess I'm one of those people. What? what? <laughs> oh, no? You in, the, in, Twilight, in the Twilight Zone? In the, the movie. movie. The movie. Yeah. There was a, a helicopter crash that killed uh, oh, two or three people. Yes, yes. Yeah, Vic Morrow. Of course. Yeah. And uh, two child actors. Um, but yeah, I remember being a kid and hearing about that. 
and not even i know there's no reason i would have ever thought about it ever again um and then this came up and i was like why why is that and i was like oh of course yeah the twilight zone so anyway crazy yeah did, did something like that happen on apocalypse now uh or am i thinking of um well uh, martin sheen had a heart attack and almost died <laughs> I think a lot of things happen on Apocalypse. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things. Was there something that was a helicopter related? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. We'll probably review that movie one day. Yeah, it's in our, uh, it's in our wheelhouse. Indeed. Okay. So another obscure thing that I don't see referenced anywhere, Mm -hmm. but that, um, Nazi werewolf nightmare scene, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is is pretty good. I like um, it too. <laughs> but there is there was um, there's an artist, uh, uh, Argentinian artist, I believe, uh, Mauricio Lasansky, who um, made a bunch of drawings based on the. Um, the war, uh, the, um, shoot, what were those trials called? Um, totally blanket on it. Um, anyway, the, the, the trials in the 1960s of, the of punishing the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Thank you. And then the following trials that, um, the, they, when they punished, uh, Adolf Eichmann. Um, anyway, this artist did a bunch of drawings to, based on the descriptions of what he witnessed by watching these televised trials. Mm-hmm. And one of the drawings, or a bunch of them, I should say, show the Nazis as their helmets and then, like, these fangs in that. Like, it's like their the helmet is the head and then the, the cranium and then the, just the lower jaw coming out from underneath it and, like, fangs and dripping blood and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um when I saw that, I was like, holy cow, this looks like it's really inspired by this guy's drawings. And I'm guessing it's coincidence. I couldn't find any relationship. But if you were to see this guy's artwork and see this nightmare, you'd be like, oh, the nightmare seems like it was stolen from from all the work that this guy did. Hmm. It's crazy. Interesting. But it's also one of those things that maybe, you know, people come to the same same thing from different directions all the time so just yeah. coincidental at first i thought you were going to mention the 2017 film called werewolves of the third reich no am i missing <laughs> something nope probably no. not <laughs> if that scene was made into an entire movie then it's probably not exactly. as good wasn't there um wasn't there like a nazi werewolf tra- werewolf trailer in uh uh Grindhouse. Uh, Remember the double feature with the yeah. Planet mean, Terror and um, Death you mean Proof. Like one of the commercials in the in the middle. Yeah, one of those fake trailers before it. Like it. Machete and yeah, yeah, those. yeah. Maybe I I can't place it. And I can remember is Machete. Hmm. There I was one. I think anything. it was like I, I wouldn't doubt it. Because there, were, Tarantino loves where, werewolf about women Nazis. of the SS. Oh <laughs> yeah, it was, it was direct, that trailer was directed by Rob Zombie. Yeah, nice. I only vaguely recall that. Yes, yeah. some of those are pretty funny. <laughs> Werewolves. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Ooh, yeah. It's so Nazis. it's it's so weird that not weird. It's just it's just peculiar that you. We we've decided this is your kind of movie. This is Cohen. This is a Cohen movie. Yeah. And I think Cohen, you know, is the harshest on it right now. <laughs> it's because yeah. he didn't pick it. <laughs> yeah, if I'd have picked it, I'd be like, "This is the best movie I've ever seen." Yeah, and I think all all your criticisms are 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 fair. And it's just that we like think that because it's your kind of movie that you would like it more. <laughs> I, I remember good, I remember liking it much more than I did this time. And I haven't yeah. seen it in a very long time. Yeah. 
And like I said, I had the opposite experience. I didn't think I liked it, and then this time I was like, yeah, no, this this works. I mean, it doesn't all work, but I like just appreciate. Right. I just I just mm-hmm. thought it was fun and funny and sure. I don't know. Well, what, I mean, really, what's the hit rate here? What's the hit uh, rate? <laughs> yeah. Of all the things you liked when you were 10 to 20 years old or, or 8 to 18 years old, mm-hmm. what percentage of them are still good? We've, you know, I don't know how many movies we've done that we've given the... 80%. Like, okay, everyone's <laughs> got to go see this. It's not even close 80, to 80%. <laughs> 80%. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm curious about that. <laughs> I think I'm more curious about which ones don't, you know, stand up and why. Which ones sure. don't match your memory. And it's not, I don't think it's always just because of your memory or the, you know, how long it's been, how old we are. Let's face it. Um, but I think it's something, there's, there's something about the way the movies are made that are more universally appealing. Sure. And, you know, and if, if that is mm-hmm. the case, it's probably going to be, you're probably still going to like it. Right. I think a large, a large, a large percentage is just, is it a legitimately good or well-made film? Yeah. You know, there are just yeah. certain movies, like Back to the Future is a nearly perfect film. Like, no, who's going to yeah. argue that that's not a, a fantastic movie? That'd be pretty right. tough. You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You I'll know, movies like that, that, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta get in there. You got to find your big troubles in Little China, your Goonies. You know, for, you know, for me, those are all, will always be the best. I don't think people put Big Trouble in the same paragraph as <laughs> Only because they're fucking fools. <laughs> Which is why we need this podcast to teach them <laughs> what they're missing out on. Yes. yes. All right. Thanks All right. for justifying okay. our existence. <laughs> I didn't say Big Trouble in Little China and E.T. Come on. <laughs> No, I mean, that, I mean, it is cool because it's just, you know, like songs. It's like if someone made a great song in the 70s, a lot of times it's still, you know, and then right, other sure. times it didn't, you know. It, so it is cool to see. And, and I, I think one of the things that, you know, here's turning around the other way. You know, Sean just said, "Oh, but now movies are made to be universally appealing. Like they, like, like they know the formula. You yeah. know, or they and they have like, oh, they can do anything with CGI. Like no one's ever going to say like the makeup didn't look good. You know, like they, or <laughs> right. they shouldn't. You know, so, so, but look at how much crap is out there. Like we've come this far in the future. We supposedly know all this stuff, but mm-hmm. yet it's not all good. Yep. Like a lot of it's nowhere close to good. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the thing that." In fact, what's infuriating is that I feel like it's the 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 percentages of bad films versus good films has only been climbing over the last twenty years. And, and is that and, because and, and part two... of it is what's that? Oh no, go ahead. You're gonna. I was just gonna say question. part of it is that like the tools of filmmaking have become extremely cheap and accessible, and not just the tools, but the distribution of those. So, like, when we were kids, cameras, film cameras, shooting on film was prohibitive, cost prohibitive. The cameras were super expensive. The film itself was expensive. Processing it was expensive. You know, editing it, all of it, it was all expensive. And then you have movie theaters with yeah. a handful of screens. And that's it. That's the only way anyone ever saw your movie, if you're lucky. Now, any dipshit with an iPhone, you know, you read it every now and then. You see, oh, this 10-minute film was all made on an iPhone. Because... Cameras now look amazing. The technology has advanced so far that everyone carries like a high definition camera in their pocket. And there's so many streaming services now doing original content that like the, you know, the odds of you, if you, if you create, make a feature film, it doesn't matter how bad it is. You'll probably get it somewhere on Netflix or something. You know, it's not that hard anymore. Hmm. And so quality suffers. And, or, or, or I don't know if the quality suffers or it's just like the pure, just the glut of it all. You know, it would have been this way in 1985. If everyone could make a movie, 90% would have been garbage. And that's what it is now, I think. Also, like the business of films has changed drastically and the world market has kind of ruined a lot of things. Hmm. Trying to appeal to an entire fucking planet, you know. Like just uh, just appealing to everyone in one country was hard enough, but once it became a global market, then it's like every title is a cliche. It's bland. It's easily digestible. 
nothing's all that challenging because they want to make their dollars overseas, you know. Even though the, the title's probably different overseas? Usually, often, sometimes, depends. I don't know. But the idea, the concept is the same. Yeah. It's a simple right. concept. Yes. Which is why I think part part of the reason television over the last 10, 15 years has become so much better than it has been for a very long time. Hmm. You know, the yeah. like original streaming shows have become so good. So There's so many excellent shows now. Short run, you know, limited series, things of that nature. I find it really fascinating, actually. Yeah. I think that I think you're almost arguing against it, but at the same time, I think you're arguing for it because um, you just said like there's so much crap out there because yes. it's so easy. But now you're yes. saying there's all the, these other short stories. But I think that's the thing is that people aren't making the mistake of trying to cram six episodes, six one-hour episodes into a two-hour movie. Right. Like when they have something good. There's now a venue for that that yeah. works. Yes. There was, the, when we were in the 1980s, there was almost zero venue for that. Like you had something like V, that was like a once in a year thing. Yeah, like it didn't. Yeah. It didn't happen. Where well, there was, was only three something. networks, <laughs> right? And then there was Fox, and that was such a big deal. Oh my yeah. God! There's a new TV yes. network. Kids, yeah. we remember the the birth of Fox. Yeah, <laughs> we remember. Yeah, which which, which started with the werewolf show. <laughs> And Before. The Simpsons. And the yeah. Simpsons. This, Simpsons put Fox on the map. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Well, it's a Tracy so, Ullman show that The Simpsons yes. first appeared. Yeah. 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 Well, well I just, what I was saying is there's a glut of films, movies specifically, yeah. not TV shows, because people aren't taking their iPhones and, and little digital cameras and going and making a series. You know, they're making right. movies, self-contained, 90 no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that you, in one side of your, you have people making a whole bunch more movies. And on yeah. the other side, you have people who could make, could have made possibly good movies, but instead they're making extended run or yeah. short run TV sure. shows, you know? Like, yeah. You know, like the whole world's going nuts over the last of us right now, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, or you know, White Lotus, all these things that. That it's so good that they weren't movies. Like they could have been good movies, maybe, sure. but but it's actually better that they weren't. Yeah. So it just means I, there's yeah. more room for crap in the movie. Well, also somewhere along the lines, you know, TV realized that it was something Europe just <laughs> figured out many, many, many years ago, is that like a six, eight, and ten episode series. In a limited one, two, three, four seasons is far more effective than the way U.S. television worked for years, which was like 24 episodes a season for 10 seasons. <laughs> How is that remotely sustainable from a storytelling point of view? Yeah, you know, right. it's the reason we have the phrase "jump the shark." You know, because it happened to every show. It went on too fucking long. There's just not enough story, not enough character arcs to fill that much goddamn time. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. But now we've got Netflix and, and Amazon and Hulu and whoever the hell else, Paramount, you know, creating these shows that have around 10 episodes a season. Sometimes they're an hour. Sometimes they're 30 minutes. It doesn't matter because there's no commercials. Right. They're not fitting a time slot on a network broadcast, you know. Which I love. Yeah, it's awesome. So they have the yeah. freedom to tell the story exactly the way they want to do it without yeah. having to adhere to, like, Mostly what is advertising dollars, you know, which is why shows ran forever, you know, ran out of ideas five years before the show ever actually ended. So many episodes a season, just way too many, you know. Yeah, I agree with all this, but I think that there's, you know, we are, you know, we deal in movies and I think I'll speak for myself. I personally care about the art form of film more than i do everything else mm-hmm. i like that there's great stuff to watch on on all these services sure and i totally agree that it's definitely gotten better um but i think that there's something to be learned from that and that is that not only you know not just condensing down to six episodes but then you're taking those that series and those ideas and those characters and you got to squish it down into a, a two-hour movie mm-hmm. and unless you're somebody like you know, at least in the old days, and Pixar would used to storyboard the hell out of it until they mm-hmm. found something that really works. People like it. You know, they they're hitting the beats. They're they they're they're going over it with a fine tooth comb. And I feel like that's the sure. problem. That's what you don't do with 
a lot of TV series or, or with mm-hmm. or with movies as well. I mean, it, the people that know how to do it are really are really reworking things and are are willing to, you know, abandon ideas that don't work and stuff like that. You know, and it's yeah. it, that's hard. That's that process is hard. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just a screenwriter or a team of screenwriters, and then translating that to the actual shooting of them, you know, like that's that that whole process is not seamless. And you know, we've always talked about the lightning in the bottle and how. It's it takes a bit of magic to for that to happen. Sure. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's not possible, right? To take those the things that we've learned from TV and try to translate that into better mm-hmm. movies. So I agree. I hope we I hope we learn those lessons. <laughs> we won't, but I hope we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cuz yeah, there is a lot of crap out there. It's a, yeah. it's hard to go you can't just go to the theater and say, "Oh, well, which one do I want to watch?" Like, there's not like four of them you want to watch. It's like you basically yeah. Are there for one movie, or you're not going? Yeah, I agree 100. percent I go to the movies and I see the posters of upcoming movies, and I'm like, I just laugh at them. I'm like, <laughs> and then they happen. You know, like they, was the one with the t- the big tall tower. There was like a poster for the heights or so- the height or something, and there was like two women hanging off of a giant tower, oh. <laughs> kind of like it was like the beginning of Ad Astra. You know, when there was like yeah, a real yeah. tall thing. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? That's a movie? That's that's a whole that's a whole movie? Yeah. I I, I recall that film. I can't remember what it's called though. It's <laughs> it's, it it's already me, come yeah. and gone. I don't know. I where... know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, wow, I just I just can't believe that someone looked at that just from that poster and I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna work. This is gonna be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody is afraid of heights. They won't oh, it's just be so unsettling the whole time. Wait, what is it about? What are you talking about? What is that thing? Anyway, sorry. I think Where was it? I think it was called we Fall. Was it called the Fall? 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 No, I don't know. What were you saying, Sam? At one point, we were reviewing American Werewolf. <laughs> oh, were we? <laughs> yeah. That movie. Maybe that was last episode. Tangentially. <laughs> well, this is a... Ever happens, but I ha- but I have a, a contemporary reference to make. Um, there's a movie called Viking Wolf. I think it's on <laughs> yes. Netflix. Have you guys seen it? No. It just came no. out kind of recently, and and I didn't and I watched it before you picked this movie, so it wasn't like I was doing research. I would just happen to. You, you were know, doing pre-research. Pre-research. That's how good research. You are. <laughs> That's right. Research. <laughs> wow. Um, it's not bad. It's a pretty good movie, and it's. You know, it's typical in in its transformations of into wolves and that that's a bit, but um, but yeah, Norway's got has been making some more. You know, maybe this is more to Cohen's point. Like they made films that are that are, that translate, uh, not literally, but you know, the ideas <laughs> translate. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was just I was just I don't I don't think. You know, I always talk about like, oh, what? I don't really get my horror horror movie, like, um, a version. And I think it's comes down to genre. Like, there are certain genres that I like, and some that I like. Possession movies? No, mm-hmm. probably not going to do it for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, the general staples of creature movies, the zombies and and werewolves and vampires and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I like. They don't. They don't make me go. Oh, this is going to be. Too- I. I don't want to watch this. I'm. I'm more intrigued by them. I don't know. There. You know. It's funny you mentioned Norway because there. There's over the last several years. There's been not just Norway, but Scandinavian, Scandinavian horror films in general. But yeah, probably. I don't know. What, I, I, my my timelines might be wrong, but like there's a Norwegian uh, horror film called Cold uh, Cold Prey. And Cold Prey Two, that are both pretty, pretty damn good. And then there's Dead Snow, which is Nazis, Nazi hmm. zombies. And it's fucking awesome. And then there's a okay. sequel called Dead Snow, Red versus Dead. That's that's fucking awesome too. All hmm. from Norway in the 2000s. And then there's Let the Right One In. Let the Right was, One In. Was, yeah. You know, from Sweden, which that film was fantastic. Great movie. Uh, the remake was okay, but the Swedish version is fantastic. I yeah, love Yeah, I, I haven't seen the remake. I've only seen the first one. The remake's okay, but. It, it you know it, it's just not as good as the original, and there's like Troll Hunter, which is pretty good. I don't know if I call that hunt uh, horror exactly, but it's also out of Norway. Like there's interesting things coming out of Norway. <laughs> troll troll Hunter, there's that giant troll one on Netflix right now too from Norway, and that's not as good. I saw that one too. <laughs> troll, it's just troll, and it's more it's like yeah, it's more like a 
monster movie, but it doesn't work I, as well. But Troll, Troll uh, Hunter, I like. I, yeah, I, it's I good. think. Uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta save the uh, troll talk for <laughs> when we actually come across a troll movie. Hmm. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Like a much, much smaller right troll, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, should they remake this? They I think, did. I think they, well, they made a sequel, a terrible oh, yeah, fucking a sequel. sequel. An American Werewolf in Paris. With the guy the, from That Thing You Do. <laughs> yeah, the drummer from That Thing You Do. Whatever they, Tom something Everett? I don't know. It was awful. I saw it once in the theater, I think, and it was just... I didn't like it at all. I don't remember anything about it, just I didn't like it. But I did nope. hear, I read something when I was reading about this, that Max Landis was perhaps going to ma- do a remake of this. Yeah, it said like, it kind of fell apart when he was accused of sexual assault. Max Landis was? Max Landis, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, somewhere in the man. trivia. Is he a creeper? That's too bad. It was just an accusation. I yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't look I didn't gotta wait. Find out. <laughs> hmm. This is maybe a creeper. <laughs> Join us for a creep or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we do next? All right. Uh, <laughs> you bringing us somewhere besides your favorite year? Mm, yes. Really? Wait, what's my favorite year? We have two. <laughs> two favorite years are 84 and 88 oh, that's oh good yeah. news. i'm Those glad to hear years. that i i didn't know that um no i'm going to the 90s but i'm sticking i'm sticking with well i don't know it's, sticking, it's sort of pseudo horror i don't know if it's horror i don't know if you call this horror but it's like it's kind of horror <laughs> i think <laughs> kind of thriller horror yeah. i don't know it's like it's, it's based on true story about a, a, an alien abduction from the early Ooh. 90s. Oh, with... with D.B. Sweeney? Uh, yes. Yeah, I know what it is. You know what it is? What is it? Oh, no, with um, with uh, <laughs> the T-1000. Yes, Robert Patrick and yes. D.B. Sweeney. Yes. Oh, Some I forgot Robert Patrick. Yeah. And they go up into the I sky. I read the book. Yeah. Oh. So what's the movie called? Anyone? Fire in the Sky. Yeah. I saw I saw it when it came out, and I've never seen it since. I saw it, it with you, out, I think. Yeah? The, I, yeah, I think we saw it together in the theater, and that's the last time I saw it. Yeah, me too. But I liked it. I remember thinking it was very effective and creepy and unsettling, and I haven't seen it since, and I'm curious if it really is, if it holds up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Checks out. So, yeah. Fire in the sky. Um... Gosh, I want to. Maybe I'm thinking it was based on a different book. Um, it's it is based on a book. Based, Travis, uh, what's his name, Walton or something, wrote a book and then they made them this movie out of it. I different think I title read though. It. I also read Communion. Yeah, well, they made that in a movie one. with Christopher Walken. Yeah. Hmm. Also, supposedly a true story. The Walton Experience, I think, is the name of the book that Travis Walton wrote. That this is an adaptation of, or inspired by. I don't know. Whatever. We'll get into it. Let's suss I it out later. I love that UFO stuff. <laughs> Should we talk about balloons and stuff? No. That's not... <laughs> I love that UFO stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like it's available on Google, Apple, Voodoo. $2.99 or $3.99. I don't see it free anywhere, but... What? what? I'm done. It's possible. <laughs> it's out there. Uh, it's, oh yeah, you're right, it's not, but yeah, I mean, there's some subscription-based services, such as Paramount Plus. I won't let the Rotten Tomatoes uh, influence me. Oh, no. All right, save it. We'll We'll get into that. Yeah, of course. Oh, one quick thing. The American Werewolf in London Rotten Tomatoes scores are kind of surprisingly high. About 85% for critics and audience. Oh, they match. I feel that's pretty high, right? Yeah. I don't think it's yeah. too... I don't know if it's high, but I'm just surprised that they're both the same. That they that they match, yeah. yeah. That seems pretty rare, right? Almost never happens. Interesting. I think for the time, at the time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a good movie. 
Yeah. Because it didn't have all this stuff after it to compete with. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It does suffer That's by true. comparison. Mm-hmm. It was, definitely a, it was definitely a, a fucking pioneer, though. Mm-hmm. Well, I was reading different reviews on it, and some people said this thing opened the door to all the things that followed out, like Gremlins and Beetlejuice and all this stuff. And I don't, I don't know if it did or didn't, but I thought that seems like a stretch, even in hindsight, to say that it did. Mm. But Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, depends. Uh, yeah. Perhaps <laughs> we may never know. All right, how all right. long is this going to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> this has oh, been our boy. best review. Oh yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Gave our audience something they can sink their teeth into. Oh, <laughs> noise! All those red-blooded people out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm out. That's enough movie buff. I got UFO stuff. (laughs) Next time, UFO stuff. Thanks for listening. All right, I'm not going to get satisfaction from this.